0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Christian Skeptic. I'm your host, Sean Kerwin, and as always, it's my mission to take an honest look at our questions about Christianity through the lens of logic and reason. I'm not here to preach at you, just to start a conversation with you. I hope you enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? If you have been waiting for another episode for a while now, and it seems like one was not going to come, well... Good news. This is that episode that you have been waiting for. I hope it does not let you down, though it might. I make no guarantees. But thank you so much for tuning in. Life has been very busy. Let me start off by saying that I have been traveling and I've been taking a class and uh, just having some extra activities that are just consuming all of my time right now. So I have not found the time that I wish I would have to sit down and record these things. Nevertheless, I have a lot of episodes uh, in my mind right now, notes that I've just jotted down on my phone. I've gotten in a lot of questions from some of you guys that I know I have been kind of putting off for months now and wanting to address. So if you wrote me in, uh, don't worry, I will get to your question before the year is over. So that being said, let's get to today's question, which comes from a listener. A listener who is an old and dear friend of mine. It comes from Ryan in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Ryan asks if I've heard of the ideas from Dr. Michael Heiser. Ryan says he seems to be gaining a lot of steam in the Christian YouTube world. And if you're not familiar, his most popular idea is basically that God has a quote-unquote divine council of heavenly beings that he assigned to be gods over the pagan nations after the fall of the Tower of Babel. These gods with a lowercase g eventually led their nations astray, and part of Christ's missions on and part of Christ's mission on earth was to have victory over these gods and reconcile the whole world to the one true God. Heiser does a great job using the Bible to support the idea of other gods, but there's still something that doesn't sit comfortably with me about it. I'd be curious to hear what you think about this. Well, this is actually a fascinating question. And I did reach out to Dr. Michael Heiser and try to get him to come on the show as I've had a few interviews now. I thought that would be kind of a fun one, but unfortunately, just wasn't able to make that happen. And so, therefore, I'm going to try to answer this. And maybe we can try to make something work out in the future. Don't know if it'll happen. No promises, no guarantees. Again, I make none. And nothing planned at this point in time. So, with that being said, let's jump into it. First, this is, a, this is a multifaceted question, and I'm going to do my absolute best to answer this in the short time that we get together for each episode, but I think that uh, there's a couple things that we need to talk about here, and not the least of which being what Ryan says, is that when we ask the question, are there other gods besides the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, besides Jesus, besides Yahweh, there is something that makes us very uncomfortable about that question, right? There's something that even almost makes us uncomfortable about writing God- with a lowercase g, right? Or gods with a lowercase g. And that's something that Michael Heiser addresses, I think, quite well, actually. One of his points on this, and I think I agree with it, I don't know that I've fully fleshed out the idea, and I certainly have not spent as much time on this idea as Dr. Michael Heiser has. But nevertheless, one of the points that he brings up is that that title, God, is a title, not a name. And this makes sense to us, who read the Bible, that God has given many names. One of the first names he's given is by Abraham's and Sarah's uh, handmaiden, Hagar. He's given the name, the God who sees. The Torah and Jewish tradition hold that God's name is something similar to what we pronounce in English, the vowels Y-H-W-H, or as I made reference to earlier, Yahweh, which is what we think uh, to be the correct pronunciation of the name of God. And then we get to the New Testament, where the Bible makes the claim that Jesus Christ is God, again, giving him the title of God. But not only that, the Christ is a title. Christ is Christos in the Greek, right? Or Mashiach in the Hebrew, which means Messiah. So Christ just simply means Messiah. So Jesus Christ is Jesus the Messiah. Jesus being his name, or Yeshua, right? As it was probably originally pronounced 2,000 years ago. And so if God, with a lowercase g, or gods, and the use of it and assigning it to something other than Yahweh or Jesus makes us uncomfortable, that's a cultural lens we're viewing this word through. And fair enough, because we do live in a really heavily Judeo-Christian and even Muslim influenced culture. But that wasn't always the case. And The Bible even uses the word Elohim, which is God or even gods in the plural form, to speak about God or to speak about the gods of the nations. And so with that out of the way, are there other gods? Well, let's step from our cultural lens and then step out of it and through other cultural lenses as we answer this question. So culturally, here in the culture that we live in, An answer that will be very familiar to anyone who spent any time in church to the question, are there other gods, is yes, there are other gods. We, in this culture, in the West, call them idols. And so we then place a definition on the title of God, be it a lowercase g most likely, as anything that you worship, right? Anything that you spend your time, your energy, your money, your devotion, and orient your life in the pursuit of is a God. It could be your career. It could be your car. It could be your relationship. It could be your 401k. It could be your house. It could be your religion, even. Your religion might be your God, not the God that the religion serves, right? And so that's a very familiar Protestant, even Catholic, Western, even uh, Muslim understanding of that title of God is that we are chronic worshipers as humans, and we can place that title on anything, really. And so, okay, yes, I understand that, right? You're probably saying, but now let's move on and ask, are there any other heavenly beings, any other beings that are somewhere between the rank of the Most High God and humans, right? Some other deified entities or persons out there in the created universe or the heavens. And then again, a kind of another cultural lens, but maybe stepping out of it, uh, because this is something that Eastern uh, Christians and and Eastern um, monotheists would uh, ascribe to as well. And that's the fact that, yes, there are other heavenly beings. We call them angels and demons, right? And so then we have the answer of, okay, well, when the Bible says in Job and in Genesis and in Numbers, the sons of God, right? Think Genesis 6, think Job 1 and 2. Um, even in the Psalms, David mentions the sons of God. Well we typically answer that is, well, he's referring to the angels, right? He's referring to the demons, either if they're still the uh, sons of God that walk with God or the fallen sons of God, right? that there's the differentiating factor there. Um, and fair enough, because the way the Bible describes angels and demons is a, a very terrifying and fascinating way, right? These angels are are described as, Uh, with these descriptions that words almost don't even fit into. And so, are they gods? Well, in a way, yes, right? Like, if you saw an angel, you'd probably be tempted to think it was a god. You might even fall down and worship it like all of the disciples and all of the prophets that encountered angels would do. And then the angel would say, no, 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 bro, stand up, right? And that happens throughout the Bible, and that's a very easy one to grasp. But then we get to kind of the deeper question here, which is, are there other deities, you shall have no other gods before me, the commandment goes. Well, why is that a commandment if there are no other gods? It's like saying in a commandment, you shall not use your third arm. Well, I've never had a third arm, so why is that even a commandment? And that does raise a very interesting question, right? And, and so the answer that Michael Heiser comes to is, yes, there are other gods. And personally, I'm, I'm inclined to go with him on this, actually, and maybe they're false gods, and false doesn't mean fake, right? And false doesn't mean not real. False means not true. And so, okay, well, let's talk about that. What makes a god true? What makes Yahweh, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what makes Jesus true? Well, for starters, creator, right? And, and I think, so In in listening to Michael Heiser speak and knowing what I know, and kind of what some of what we've talked about on the show here about different creation myths. And you have the Mesopotamian creation myth, the Egyptian creation myth, you have the Babylonian creation myth, you have the Sumerian creation myth. And then you have Genesis, the Jewish creation myth. And don't get offended. I believe Genesis is true, but I'm lumping it in the same category. I'm not speaking to the factuality of Genesis. I'm speaking to the categorization of Genesis right now when I say myth. So that being settled... We have all of these creation myths and well now let's really step back into a cultural lens a middle to late bronze age cultural lens and let's think about context of when one of these myths genesis was being written so genesis was being written just after the children of israel had left their slavery captivity and bondage in egypt and they were wandering in the wilderness surrounded by the nations of the world the nations that had previously been scattered abroad after the Tower of Babel. And I'm not going to talk about whether the Tower of Babel happened or not. Let's assume it's true for sake of argument. I will say it is really, really true, and we can have that conversation on a different episode. But just on so many different levels, levels, metaphorically, actually, psychologically, Babel is insanely true, and there's so much to draw out of it. That being said... That's the world the children of Israel are stepping out into after being assimilated into Egyptian culture, assimilated into Egyptian school of thought and narrative, and yes, worship. It's no stretch of the imagination to imagine that the children of Israel were no doubt heavily indoctrinated in the gods of Egypt. No doubt they they knew very well Osiris and Horus and Ra, but now they're in a desert. And there's an Egyptian to be found. There's no statue or pyramid in sight. Just a cloud of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. What in the bloody heck is this? Right? And so Moses says, I'm going to go talk to this God. Which God, Moses? Is this Is this Osiris, the all-seeing one? We know Hagar encountered a God who sees, so our oral tradition goes, because again, nothing was written at this point, right? Which God? That's the question Genesis answers to them. But, and, and, but like think about this, right? Genesis isn't telling them how God did it. We can't pull anything out, evolution, pro-evolution, anti-evolution, pro-six-day creation, anti-six-day creation. We can't pull anything out of there that proves any of it. What Genesis is doing is it's answering, who is your God? It's claiming you have the one true God, the God who can part oceans and send plagues and kill the firstborn and deliver you from slavery. That's a powerful God. But it gets crazier than that. Not only is he the God who can deliver and the God who can save and the God who can part oceans and the God who can turn serpent uh, staffs into serpents, right? The God who can do all of that It's saying this is the one God who created heaven, earth, and all other gods, lowercase g, Elohim, whether they be angels, whether they be idols, because idols, after all, got to be made out of something, right? And it's no, there's no question that the world has been full of idols made of wood and stone and, and, and metal and all these materials. Well, who made the materials, right? Genesis is claiming that God made the materials. And so, okay. Where am I going with this? Put all this in that cultural lens, right? Children of Israel are wandering around, who is our God? Moses goes up from the up and down from the mountain, he talks to this God, he comes down. Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, this is your God. This is the God Abraham, Isaac and Jacob passed down through all those oral traditions. This is the God of the covenant in Genesis 15 that Abraham saw walked through in a vision. Are there other gods? Yes, there are other gods. Who's ours? Right? So so now that we're back there, middle of late bronze age, now there's a deeper answer to our question. Are there other gods? Absolutely there are because the nations say there are. Because every nation has a creation story. Every nation has a god that watches over their land or their territory or their people group. Who's the one that does it for Israel? The one true god. So, okay, what does that mean then? Does that mean the gods behind the nations are deified or not? Well, there's a couple different trains of thought we can go there now. It could be that the gods behind the other nations are very real, for we do know from Exodus that the sorcerers of Egypt also performed magic tricks, that the sorcerers of Egypt also turned a staff into a snake. There could be supernatural power behind that, and so it could very well be then that demons, fallen angels, or we could call them fallen sons of God, are masquerading as other gods, right? Are masquerading as Marduk, and Ashtoreth, and Baal, and Horus, and Osiris, and and all the gods of the nations, right? And Aphrodite, and Zeus, and more relevantly, Buddha, right? (laughs) Prophets like Muhammad. It could be that there are demons, fallen angels, fallen sons of God, acting as messengers, characters, and even granting supernatural power and and acting as possessors to the founders, the creators of these myths and these different religions. Or it could very well be as 2 Kings chapter 19, which is super weird. Have you ever read it? 2 Kings chapter 19 suggests that there is a divine council. Job alludes to it as well. When Satan talks to God, talks to Yahweh, but Job, uh, 2 Kings 19 is weird, Right? Like, God is trying to think about how to, how to judge Ahab, pretty bad king. If you don't remember him, go back and read. Super bad dude. And God consults these spirits, and one spirit steps forward and says, may I go convince his prophets to tell him something that's not true that will ultimately end up in his demise, and God says, go for it. Like, he gives permission to this spirit, the Bible calls it, to go and give prophecy that is deceptive. Is it an angel? Maybe. Is it another god? Maybe. Lowercase g. Is it another Elohim? Maybe. Actually. And don't be mistaken. This is not a polytheistic view or a pantheistic view. And Michael Heiser makes a very clear point on that as well. And I like where he's going with it. I don't know if it's correct. And I'm going to take that stance on this. I don't know if there are other gods or not. So if there are other gods, then they are, they must be heavenly beings, spiritual beings, that fall somewhere above humans and angels and somewhere below Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And why do I say humans and angels? Well, because later on in the Bible, Paul says that we will sit in judgment over the angels, speaking of those who are believers and who are followers of Jesus, right? So God said, let us make man in our image. Humans, then, are in the image of God. Angels are not. And so then it stands to reason that humans will sit in judgment over the angels. But what if there is a created being that is above humans and angels that maybe is not made in the image of God the way humans are, but maybe has some sort of supernatural hierarchical ranking or power that is, from our dim earthly perspective, a results in a classification worthy of deification if by status and nomenclature only. So what am I saying here? Are there many gods? Are there many Adonai? No. There's one God who sees. There's one God who provides. There's one God who was there, who formed the earth, who formed the heavens. There's one God who's there, who's shut in an armory with storm clouds, as Job alludes to. There's one God who created heaven and earth, There's one word, as John says, that became flesh. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So there is no other God, no other being, no other angel, no other man, no other anything, no other name that is equal to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh, Jesus. And if there are other gods at his name, even those gods will bow, right? But it's possible. I'm going to take the same answer here that I take on evolution and say I don't know. Not there. When I get there, I might know. Probably won't be able to tell you. Uh, Even Paul, when he went to heaven and came back, said uh, it was too great to talk about. (laughs) But I was there. (laughs) And John and Ezekiel, who got a glimpse of heaven, tried to describe it and failed miserably because we still have no idea what they're talking about. So there might be other, lowercase g, gods, Elohim, but none of them see, none of them create. Maybe they are good ones. Maybe the the good ones are the angels we talk about. After all, angel is a categorization that humans gave to those divine beings. And they aren't loved like we're loved. They aren't gonna sit in judgment over themselves like we're gonna sit in judgment over them, like Paul writes. And that's a fascinating thing too, right? If there are other gods, man, the Bible says God loves us more than he loves them. (laughs) <laughs> right. So like, follow me down the rabbit trail. I don't know if it's true. Again, I'm, I'm not giving you a real answer here and fair enough. I want you to think for yourself anyway, but follow me down this rabbit trail, right? If it is true that there are other Elohim, there are other gods, there are other sons of God. We haven't even touched on Genesis six, which is the thing, the sons of God came and lay with, with the, uh, the, the women. And we had the Neph, uh, Nephilim, I think I'm saying that right. I don't have a Bible in front of me right now. It's Nephilim. I remember. Um, like that's a thing, right? Does it mean angels? Does it mean other gods? I don't know. I wasn't there, but it means something. It means something divine, something with supernatural powers, something that is way stronger, way, probably more beautiful than we are on the creation level, right? Something that from the outside looking in is probably way more worthy of God's love, of Jesus's love, of Yahweh's love. And he gives all of that to us. So, like, that just, man, I don't know. Maybe there are, maybe there aren't. There certainly are in mythology. There certainly are in the world. You can't tell me Marduk is not a god. You can't tell me Osiris is not a god. You can't tell me Buddha is not a god. I know he's a teacher. Shut up. Don't correct me. But you get what I'm saying. There's, there are these figureheads of worship systems, and they are God's lowercase g, but they're not the true God. They're like the devil, right? Right? Who, who, in the beginning, gives Adam and Eve a piece of truth, but it's twisted. And that's the great deception. And that's the great lie. That's the Babylonian creation myth. That Marduk, after killing Tiamat, creates humans out of Kinu, the king god, right? He, like, kills him, cuts him open, and creates humans and said, these are our slaves now, <laughs> right? That's the Egyptian myth. That's, that's, the, that's the Sumerian myth. That's not Genesis. Genesis is you're made in his image. Genesis is the seed of the woman, serpent shall crush your head. Genesis is Abraham, I'm gonna make a covenant with myself and on either side of it, when I split those animals is death and the covenant itself is death, but I'm gonna do it for you, you do nothing because God so loved the world. So if there are other gods, the Bible says bring them on. They're not true, they don't see. They didn't take on flesh for us to behold and then die and rise from the grave for us to benefit from. I think that's all I got. I don't know. We can have this conversation some more in the future if you want. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have some research that I haven't come across. Um, And as always, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed the show.